0: Let me turn this on first, let Let's see if I can do it. I, is it. I think, is it on? No, it's off, okay. There it is, now it's on, okay. Um, before we start, well, before I start the PowerPoint, I just wanna give you a little uh, cue to what I think is happening here this morning because it's something different. Now, today is actually Pentecost. How many of you knew that? Today is Pentecost. Now, the church celebrates it typically next week. You know, we make our calendars. We make the what I call the Gregorian calendar, which is what we follow. And, you know, typically past Pentecost has been uh, celebrated on a Sunday. And so... They chose next Sunday, whoever chose that this year, I don't know who they are. (laughs) But the truth is, today is actually Pentecost, officially. And we're gonna talk about it because of what I feel like the Lord is saying to us. Now, we don't have to celebrate Passover and Pentecost and Tabernacles the way they did, but God did say those are a, a perpetual celebration for us. We don't have to slay a lamb because the lamb has been slain for us. We don't have to do all the rituals. But somehow we're to acknowledge those things were declaring what was to come and what still is to come. And that's why we have to understand that. But something is coming now into the earth. And so, you know, when I go to places, Whenever I go to places, I always ask the Lord, what do you want me to speak where I'm going? What are you saying to that region? You know, it's not up to me to speak about whatever I want. A lot of times I know what I'm supposed to speak. But for the last several months, well, since Passover, all of a sudden there has been Um, well, I'll just tell you this part, and I'm going to talk a lot about this tonight. There has been an angel of fire that's been in my home. And I'm going to show you really quick. It's in the Word. Everything's in the Word. (laughs) I'm very picky about that. We're going to jump to Hebrews for a minute. And um, I have my Bible open because there are... In the word, the word fire is used 506 times in the King James Version and in the New American Standard Version, which I just like to help me understand the King James better. It's used 503 times. Now, God started speaking to me that fire is coming. Now, I've come here and prophesied rain. And rain came, and you guys have had so much rain. You flooded the time that I first prophesied it. It flooded before I even got here. And I had told Angie, I'm going to prophesy rain. She's like, well, we're flooding. (laughs) So, um, because the rain is also just a sign from heaven of God's outpouring. It is. And God has given prophetic words about bringing an outpouring over this region. And it isn't that he hasn't even done that already. You are here. You are the outpouring. So we're not looking for something like to drop down out of the sky and crash into the earth and say, ooh, you know, like like that, and oh, all of a sudden this rain and fire comes. But there are moments in time where God visibly shows up in the way he's moving. And so I wanted to read you Hebrews 1, 7 talks about, and of the angels he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. Now, that's saying there are fire angels. We also know that Elijah was taken up into heaven by a fiery chariot driven by fiery angels. So, the reason that I like to do that is because we're learning now to work together with the hosts of heaven. We are. And it's not that we're glorifying them in any way, shape, or form, but there's a battle that's going on, and it's heaven and earth and us all working together and the creation working with us. And I talk about that all the time because I believe God wants me to get the body of Christ to understand that. And it's very important how you understand how these things work together. Now, when that angel of fire showed up, it happened to be that particular night We were praying for Israel before what's happening now is happening. And what had happened is they had, uh, we had found out that AstraZeneca, which is a pharmaceutical company, had made an agreement with the government of Israel. And they decided to use Israel as a guinea pig for their vaccinations. Okay, Isn't that it? Isn't, Isn't it AstraZeneca? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I think it's AstraZeneca. Anyway, so what happened is um, there were people who were calling for prayer for Israel because you couldn't get in and you couldn't get out, and they were saying they were going to demand for us to have a vaccine passport. Now, I'm not going to tell you anything about whether you should or shouldn't have a vaccination. That's not the point here, okay? But the point here is, is they were going to lock down Israel. That is what we knew. God did not want to happen, so we began to pray. And it was actually my regular uh, Wednesday prayer call with my uh, counsel. And then I had a prayer call the next night, <clears throat> or no, the next week. And so we were praying. And as we were praying, this angel showed up in my room, in my office where I pray. And we were on a call. We were praying on a conference call. And as he came, I, I, this light came in the room. And I knew that it was, first I thought it was the Lord coming in my room. And I basically dropped the phone and fell down on my face because I could feel the power of God coming in my room. Now when the angel came, it wasn't, I wasn't bowing to him, but I knew something was going on. So I picked back up the phone and I started listening to what was happening on the phone. And uh, it was the prayers for Israel. And as soon as we started praying for Israel, because we actually were praying for many things, this angel took out a bow an arrow and began shooting fiery darts into Israel that's what happened and, um, and it wasn't my prayers it was all the prayers it wasn't just my prayers it was just he came and he was doing this and uh, didn't say a word because <laughs> sometimes they don't say sometimes they speak and sometimes they don't but anyway he was shooting his flaming arrows into Israel the very next day Israel changed their mind The very next day, Israel changed their mind, and they decided they weren't going to impose that vaccination on every person, and they were not going to impose the vaccination uh, passport on every person. They were not going to lock Israel down, and they were not going to close up their borders. Now, the reason that I say that is because God wanted us to pray for Israel, and he wanted us to stand in the gap for them. Now... I don't know why God sent the angel of fire. I, I who, who am I to decide which angel comes or if any angel comes? But since that time, this angel has been at my home. He hasn't left. When I went to my prayer meetings with my council, he came to the prayer meetings. And I, did, I didn't say a word to them. And several of my prophets said, the angel of fire is here. And, and we warred again. And he shot his arrows again. But even more than that, the fire of God came on us and God started dealing with us, which is what we're going to talk about today. Now there's times in the word where the fire of God comes. Now today is the real Pentecost. And today is the day that they have counted the Omer the day after, Pana, uh, after Passover, they start counting the Omer for 49 days. That's just counting on their calendar. And on the 50th day of, from Passover to Pentecost is, well, it's Shavuot, Shavuot. And that's where we are. And so, but we're gonna talk about what happened in Pentecost in the past and what happened in Passover in the past and what happened to Passover future, and then what happened past Pentecost and future Pentecost, and what God is saying to us today. So back up to Egypt, which we were singing songs about that today. God brought Israel out of Egypt. He brought them out of the bondage of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was actually uh, Israel's friend when Joseph was there, because God used Joseph to save nations, not only, is, not only Israel, but to save nations in Egypt. And by giving him favor with the Pharaoh, when God was bringing famine and judgment on the earth, for whatever reasons we don't know, he did. It doesn't always tell us everything. Sometimes the Bible only gives us a, a snapshot of what God is doing. And so we know the whole story of the exodus. They had to put the blood on the doorposts after all the plagues because the destroying angel was coming. And it was time for them now to be getting ready to exit it, you know, exit Egypt. Uh, 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 exit, ugh, Egypt. And ec- this is the exodus. So that's why they had the blood. And that just so happened to be the same time later that jesus was put on the cross he was the lamb of god who delivered us out we all know this if you don't know that you need to come up here and get saved and we'll tell you all about it (laughs) but that's the greatest thing that's ever happened in the universe the most powerful thing that's happened in the universe and the blood of jesus is the most powerful thing in the universe Sits before the throne still today speaking. But we kind of forget about that. (laughs) And it has everything in it that we need. And when I do things with the Lord, He constantly tells me, You have my blood. You have my blood. Use the blood of Jesus. Use the blood of Jesus. He didn't just do it once just to get us saved. The blood of Jesus is alive and speaking before the throne. Why would God have him bring it before the throne It has a voice? Your blood speaks. You know, your blood is the history of who you are. It's all in your DNA. Not just from what your forefathers gave you, but everything about your life is in your blood. And the Bible says the life is in the blood the life is in the blood so jesus gave his life they didn't take him they didn't kill him by the way they couldn't kill him he gave himself over to be a sacrifice he gave his blood for us he gave it not just for that moment and not so we can tell a nice story he gave it so that we would be empowered by his blood to do what we need to do now in the earth. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to say that because I, I feel like we don't. you know. Oh, yes, Jesus died on the cross. No! <laughs> Jesus defeated every principality and power, Amen. every force of darkness Amen. that would try to stop what he's doing in the earth. That's what the blood did. That's what he did. You know, once he got on the cross, it says darkness covered the land. I believe every principality and power came and said, Oh no, we did something wrong. Something's happening here. <laughs> and it was too late. Because he made a spectacle of them, it says in the word. Triumphing over them by giving his blood. But that's what Passover is, okay? That's what Passover is. It's Jesus giving his life to save you. It was, it was God using the lamb's blood to get Israel out of Egypt, and it was a picture for us. He's getting us out of Egypt. Now, we're going to talk about Pentecost for just a few minutes. And, and it's not like you don't know this, but I want to just give you a different perspective because Pentecost is about the fire, and we just happened to be at Pentecost. Now, I saw this morning a flame of fire here burning. And yesterday, well, and before I even came here, the Lord had told me since that angel of fire showed up. Actually, let me say this before I go on to that. Before that angel even showed up, I started prophesying fire that God was coming with fire. And fire is a good thing, and God is shaking. You know, there's a lot of prophecies about what happened at the election and what's happening in this nation. Don't get confused. God is in charge. He is in control. And fire is coming. It's not going to come to validate a prophet. It's not going to come to validate a prayer movement. It's not going to come to validate any denomination or any church thing. It's coming to validate God himself, he's going to validate his own plan. Okay? So don't get fearful and don't be searching for the one who has the answers. Everywhere I go, the body of Christ is in this, what, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? Who cares? What is God telling you? What do you know about what's going on? Why are you running around looking for an answer? You see, that's what's wrong. And that's why we're in the place we're at is that we need to be asking the Lord for ourselves. Now, I do know some things, (laughs) but I'm not at liberty to say it all. I'm not. Some of it I am. But what God said to me before the election was it is going to shake. And we need it to shake. And yeah. Now, do I believe God's going to bring some restoration? I do. But it's not going to happen the way you think. Right. Because he's coming in fire. And let me tell you, you better be ready. You need, you need to have the fear of the Lord in you. Because when God says he's coming in fire... There are 506 scriptures about fire and God, and I'm going to talk about some of those tonight and tomorrow because it's too much for this morning because I wanted to honor the Lord with Pentecost this morning because this is his Pentecost day. This is the actual day, the 50-day count. Now, at Passover, for a minute, let's go back to Passover for just a minute. At Passover, what they did also after they had been out of Egypt is they would take the wheat harvest, and wave it before the Lord as a first fruit offering and give that little bit that came forth to the high priests. The reason that they did that was God wanted Israel to be the head and not the tail. Yes, I want you to hear what I'm saying to you. All the other nations, when their first harvest came in, they would take it and hurry up and put it in the storage house, okay? Okay. And then later the big harvest would come. But when you take the first from God and you give it to him. And you wave it to him. Not only does he bless that first fruit, but he consecrates your whole harvest now. And now he's going to fight for your harvest. That's the principle of first fruits, okay, which people don't understand. So now Israel... When they were getting ready to leave, this is all the stuff they had to do. Because they were declared, God wanted them to realize, I'm gonna make you a first fruit. And I'm gonna bless everything you put your hand to if you follow me. Now we know the story. They whined and complained at at Sinai, poor guys. (laughs) They did. While there was fire on the mountain. They were complaining. How can you complain with fire on a mountain? The reason I say that is the fire of God is in the earth right now. That's why the fire angel is in the earth. It's not about me. I just get to see it so I can declare it. Even my grandson, he lives with us. He's eight years old. He came in, his eyes got really big. And he said, Gma, who is that? <laughs> I said, that's the angel of fire. That's all I know. And he said, he's on fire. I said, yes, Zayden, he's on fire. What's he doing? I said, I don't know, Zayden. <laughs> he's just standing there. But he wanted to know, but he even saw it. Now he just happens to be a seer because he has my blood in him, and he knows. Every time I've had any angels in my room, and they've been all of a sudden increasing, by the way, again, through the gates right now. He'll come in the room and say, I'm staying. What are you guys doing in here? (laughs) Because he sees what's going on. So it's not limited to adults. And it's not to get all ooh and ah over the angel. God is trying to tell me something. God is trying to say something. Actually, it caused me to tremble. Right away, I felt, I, I just, I knew that I, I, I bowed myself to the Lord. I didn't bow to the angel. I bowed myself to the Lord and said, what, what is this? What are you doing? It actually frightened me some. It did, in a good way. Wow, the fire is coming. The angel of fire is here. That means the fire is coming. It shook me. It shook me. I'm telling you now, it shook me. I wept on the phone with my, my counsel. We all wept, we prayed, we warred, we wept. Oh my gosh, the fire's coming. So when Moses, that's Pat, Pentecost, where we are today, when he went up to the mountain, he was in the fire. In fact, God spoke to Moses from a burning bush, an angel in the burning bush. The angel of fire was in the burning bush and spoke to Moses. See, everything's in the Word somewhere. And that's why he had to go back to Egypt to rescue his people. But it was the angel of fire who told him. Because God was going to bring a shaking. He was going to come by all kinds of things, but he really was saying, I'm coming by fire. I'm coming by fire. I'm coming to shake. And that's what I prophesied. God is coming to shake. He's not doing it on my behalf. He's not even doing it on your behalf. He's doing it on his own behalf. Now, God does things for us and for you and for me. But there are some things that are just part of his plan and you better get in on it. <laughs> you better go with it. Because it's not all about you only. It's about him. Amen. It's about what he's doing. Now, why is he doing that? Because back then he wanted to give them the law. That's when we got the Torah. On the you know, the Ten Commandments. Now, that was the then. Now, then Pentecost came after Jesus rose from the dead. He told them don't go anywhere, stay in Jerusalem. And they were scared, remember? They were hiding from house to house and breaking bread, but they were scared out of their wits. (laughs) I would have been too. And so they were in the place all worshiping and seeking the Lord and we know what happened. Tongues of fire came down on Pentecost. The same 50 days later where God told Israel, now that you know that I brought you out of Egypt, and by the blood on the doorpost, now 50 days, I want you to count. And on the 50th day, I want you to take another first fruit offering, which is, excuse me, the first one was barley at Passover, the barley harvest. The second one was a wheat harvest. They had to wave the wheat before the Lord. On the, today, I want you to wave to the Lord right now. And here's what I want you to do. Listen to me really carefully. If you don't know the first fruit principle, I want you to ask the Lord, what can I give you as a first fruit today? Not to me. I don't want this to come to my ministry. I want it to go to the church. And this is different and this is unusual, I know, but it's time to get out of your box. So I want you to be asking the Holy Spirit right now, what is my first fruit today to you? What can I give as a first fruit? Okay, ask the Holy Spirit, because Israel had to, they gave a first fruit. Now, when you give a first fruit, your life is going to be revolutionized. It's revolutionary, let me tell you. I didn't bring my glory hoops, hoops with me this time, but you've seen those of you who know me, because I've been coming here a long time to my, see my dear friends here, and I brought my glory hoops. And when I first started making those glory hoops, I didn't understand the principle of first fruits. And when I started making them, God said, Don't, those first five glory hoops, you're going to give them away. I said, What? And He said, Yeah. And I made these beautiful hoops, and He said, They're not for you. (laughs) My first fruits. I gave them away. But this is what happened. And I'm going to say this to tell the truth because. It opened my eyes. And then later when I learned about the teaching about this and even how God, Jesus was the first fruit, but he wants us to be giving first fruits in our hearts. And you better be asking because we're going to bring a plate up here soon. I want you to see the blessing of the Lord in your life. That's why I want you to ask the Lord. You're going to consecrate what you have, what's coming. You're consecrating your future. So I gave those first five glory hoops away, like he told me. And then I made one for myself. To this day, every time I make a group of them, the Holy Spirit will tell me. I give them away. I keep one and give the ones he tells me to give. I always, and most of the time, I give all of them away except one. I give the first fruit. Because of that, I would cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I just want to understand your revelation. I I wanna understand who you are. And I want to understand how you want me to communicate that and declare that through making these glory hoops. And I have to say, (laughs) he poured out an abundance over everything I do when it comes to those glory hoops. I made a glory hoop not long after that, and it was a lion glory hoop. And when I started making this hoop for this lady who was kind of scared, she said, well, what is that? I said, it's a timbrel. It's a tabard. It's in the Bible. It's all right. Miriam had one. And I said, they call them glory hoops today because they're used to worship the Lord. And the Lord just told me, you need to start making these. All right. But when I made this Lion of Judah hoop, a lion appeared in her rug in her living room. I have a picture of it at home. I didn't know I was going to talk about it today or I would have brought the picture or showed the picture on the PowerPoint. Yes, a lion appeared in her rug the whole time I was building this glory hoop. So she, was, she said, what is that? I said, it's just honoring God, and he wants to do that. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why that lion's there. Who cares why the lion's there? Or the lion's there. <laughs> God is trying to tell us something. <laughs> Who am I to figure it out? I don't know. I didn't do it. <laughs> God did it. Yeah. And so I gave her that hoop. She took it, and she was the leader of the Women's Aglow in California in this particular area. (laughs) She used it to worship God, and the whole group fell down on the floor. We're all slain in the Spirit. It's not because of the glory hoop. It's because of my obedience. And I know that God released that over me because I gave the first. So they weren't just nice little pretty decorative Kind of wave him at God things. No, something supernatural happened. Because I obeyed the Lord and I gave my first to him, my best. Just like at Passover, God gave his best. He didn't give a fiery angel, and that's good. Or any other of those angels or chariots or anything. No, he gave his best. His son, who the Bible says is a first fruit also of all of us. God gave his first and his best. That's what a first fruit is. You give your best. You give something beyond. Now, this is how it works. Tithing will rebuke the devourer. If you're not tithing and you have money problems, it's because you haven't given God his portion. It's not even your portion. It's God's portion and you need to give it over and it will rebuke the devourer. If you're not tithing in your heart right now, you don't have to raise your hand. I want you to repent in your heart because all this is important in in, in order for us to go forward for the rest of the meetings because fire is here and I don't want you to get burned. I want you to get empowered. So just think about that in your heart. The tenth is God's. It never was yours. Okay? That rebukes the devourer for you. And nothing will hurt you if you do that. And you can call on the tithe. Well, Lord, my tithes are in. When when, when there's a famine or there's something going on or a shaking in this nation, have we had some shakings? Yes, we have. Well, my tithe is in. I really don't care. Because there is no devourer coming to my house. I don't care. Okay? But if you give the first, not only is the devourer also pushed back, but you're going to prosper in the midst of a famine. You're going to prosper in the midst of a shaking. You're going to consecrate your future to the Lord. That's what Israel did. That's why they waived those offerings. See, the nations would put theirs in the storehouse, and then when they'd get the rest of their harvest, they'd lock it all up in the storehouse. But Israel gave it to God. And because they did, they always had an abundance of harvest that superseded the rest of man. Yes. And they had abundant provision and multiplied provision. That's what happened to my glory hoops. And I have a revelation because I gave my first from my heart. That's what it is. I gave it from my heart. And honestly, I don't know anybody that makes glory hoops like I do. (laughs) They don't have that same revelation, and I'm not criticizing, and I'm not boasting in myself. I'm saying that something happened to me. Yes, because I believed the word of God. I believed a simple principle about the first fruits, and at a time in the earth where we're going to have lots of shakings. Believe me, you want to get your first fruits in. Okay, you want to make sure you give your best to God. I give my first fruits, I give my tithes, and whatever else He asks me to give. Now, here's the other thing people don't realize. Your tithes doesn't give you any, it it protects you and it guards over you, but you don't get anything from that, okay? And when you give an offering, if you give a $100 offering, well, God will bless you with some $100 along the way. You may not even realize it, but it comes dollar for dollar. But when you give a first fruit, you get a hundredfold. Yeah. When you give a first fruit, God is so pleased because that's how God made Israel the head and not the tail. That's how he's making us the head and not the tail. That we give him our best. uh, Cain and Abel. Abel gave his best. Cain did not want to give his best. Fine, I'll give you some of my stuff. (laughs) He got mad at his brother because his brother was prospering because he'd given the best, the first to God. That's what that is. Did you all ask the Lord for what you're given? Hmm? You got a plate? <laughs> yeah, put it right there. And again, this is not to go to me. But I felt like I was supposed to do this. Because I believe you're consecrating your future. Yes. Yes. Now, you don't have to give. If you don't feel convicted, I'm not going to judge you. I had to come to my own understanding in my heart, in my mind, okay? But I felt like I needed to say it to the Lord, for the Lord, because I believe we need to be ready for the things that are happening in the earth, and we need to understand what God is doing. And we want to be the head and not the tail. Do you want to be the head? Say it. I want to be the head. You could give a dollar. You don't have to give $100, but you need to give what you think is a good a, a thing to the Lord. Just Yeah, just put it in there. Nobody needs to know what you give. You're doing it unto the Lord. It's none of anybody's business. I don't care if it's 50 cents. But you give it to the Lord, and you say, Lord, not only am I going to give you my tithe. Now, don't forget this. You've got to give your tithes, too. Or your first fruits not going to work <laughs> because the devourer still going to come get you. See, so you need to be. God's made these provisions for us. He has. These are His provisions that He's made to make us the head and not the tail. And the reason I wanted to say this is because it is going to shake, but not. We are not to fear what's happening. We're not to fear. But even when when the lamb was slain and they were delivered out of Egypt, God caused them at that very moment to give their first, their best. Because he was declaring, I'm going to give my first and my best to the world. You see, he was already declaring, I'm giving my best. And I want to give my best back to him, don't you? Don't you want to give your best? Don't you love God? Aren't you grateful you're out of your messes? You're saved? That God is healing you? That you're on a journey? You know, you might be in the midst of trouble right now, but giving your little, giving that first fruit also is going to keep you through whatever God is bringing you through. It is. You give Him your best from your heart. Now, when you give Him your best when you go to work, when you take care of your children, when you. Help your family when you work for your employer or your own business. Give your best. Give your best. Show that I am a servant of the Most High, and I give my best. That's what this is. This is the best. And it's holy before the Lord. This is holy. When Jesus died, it was holy. It was a holy thing. And what did he take to heaven and gave his blood? He took it in front of the throne, and it sits today still speaking. It's been sitting there ever since. The best. The best of the best. (laughs) Amen. You just never know with God, do you? <laughs> I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the other thing about Pentecost. Our best friend came. Mm-hmm. Who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? Jesus That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit. You know what always makes me amazed is that the Holy Spirit cruises around in God's mind, okay? Yeah, think about that. (laughs) It says that his spirit searches the heart and the mind of God. But that same spirit that's cruising around with God up there is searching my mind and my heart. And that just is like, oh, my gosh. It's the same spirit. I don't know about you, but that just does something to me. That same spirit that was cruising around in God's mind is cruising around in my heart and my mind? Whoa. Yeah, okay. (laughs) All right then. (laughs) I just think that's so amazing that he would do that for us. That he, all that's in his heart and his mind for you, from his very heart and his mind, by his own. here. Everybody go here, here. Put your hand here. Oh, that same spirit is here, here. And I think we take it for granted in the church. We forget. We, we, We don't realize how amazing this is. Now, you've all heard me tell the story, and some of you haven't, that because I came out of being a drug dealer and drugs and all that crud many years ago, uh, they told me God wasn't going to use anybody like me. (laughs) And that I wasn't hearing the Holy Spirit. And that I just need to be quiet and read my Bible and live a good, godly life. But since the very beginning, even in my mess, the Holy Spirit came He didn't care that I was a mess. Remember this. He doesn't care. And he came with fire. He doesn't care. That same spirit that cruises around in the heart and the mind of God. That same spirit that that hovers over you. That hovered over Jesus that hovers over the throne of God in heaven, hovers over you, hovers inside of you, inside of you. He didn't care. So I told him, I told that voice, don't talk to me. I have to figure this out. Please don't talk to me. They said you don't talk to people like me. (laughs) Please don't talk to me until I figure out the answer. (laughs) They said it's in the word, and you are the word. So if it's in there, then I know it's you. And that's what happened. I read it in the word. My sheep know my voice. I said, aha. (laughs) He does talk to people like me. He talks to the sheep because I'm a sheep. I didn't need, I'm not, I wasn't a shepherd. I didn't want to be a shepherd. I just wanted to be a sheep. (laughs) I never knew I was going to be doing what I'm doing now. Gosh. I had no idea how I was gonna get to here. Even though he was telling me all these things I was gonna do, I had no idea what the fullness of them and what they meant, because he visited me with fire. Because I let him, and he burned out everything. He burned it all out. He just showed it all to me and it popped up. We get rid of that, look at that. Let's get rid of that, look at this. Okay, that's how we roll. But this is the time that God released the Holy Spirit into the earth, was at Pentecost. Even the apostles were shaken in their boots. They crawled over to that place where they were gonna have that meeting, they're hoping nobody saw (laughs) them, And there were thousands of people there, and the fire fell. Theologians call that the first great awakening. My personal opinion is when Jesus gave up his breath on the cross was when we had the first awakening. That's my personal opinion. Because he made the way for us to have the Holy Spirit. He made the way for us to have the power that we need in this time, in this age, in the church that we seem to forget all about. We go to church on Sunday. We talk a little about God, and we go home, and we don't talk about God anymore. And we're in a panic about what's happening because we've forgotten how we're supposed to live a godly life. You know, there are principles for government, principles for economics, principles from the word of God on how we should be doing things. And we've kind of turned it over to the ungodly and said, you do it. And I hope you're okay. I'll vote for you, but I really don't know a thing about you. No. And now the fire's coming. Now, I believe God allowed all this to happen because I believe in our hearts, some of us thought, oh, yeah, we've got the nation now. We've got President Trump. (laughs) You know, it's not a man that's going to save the nation. It's God. Now, Trump was awesome. And God is working on Trump and doing a work in him. And he's an awesome man. There's no question about it. But he's not going to save us. God is going to save us. But it's not a one-man show either. It's the body of Christ. We have abdicated our position in the nation. We've abdicated all that our fathers did to us. And don't get me started on that. Because we'll never get out of here. But I'm an expert in that, let me tell you. Because I had to re-educate myself. That's what reformation and awakening is. Do you know what that is? That's re-educating yourself. Because somehow you don't have the understanding of how things are supposed to be and the enemy's been winning and God wants to come and fight on your behalf, but he's not going to do it while you just stand there and watch it all come about. He's going to do it because you're shifting and changing. He's going to do it because his people are crying out, but crying out's not enough. We can't consent to what's going on over there. No, I don't consent. That's my new word. <laughs> I do not consent to what uh, things are happening in Washington, D.C. I will not consent, and I'm going to warn till it's done. And I guarantee you, God's coming. I know. The fire of God. But let me tell you who He's going to bring the fire to first us. Because the church has abdicated. We let them do it. We tried to figure it out in our own understanding. And also because of false end time teaching in the church. Oh yeah, it's all going to come out. Not today, but it's coming out. (laughs) Yes, and I have purposely studied it out. And one of these days, I'm going to start shouting that particular trumpet. And I will come here and tell you. <laughs> There's many things that have been taught to us. Do you know that the Bibles, most Bibles, have been bought out by companies that don't care about the Bible? Bible publishers, did you know that? And that they have changed the Bible. In fact, I wanted to buy Bibles for my grandchildren. Because when Passover, when Easter came, and we don't do Easter, I don't do the Easter Bunny. I refuse to give the Easter Bunny any credit for one. Jesus paid the price for the whole world. Why would I consider a bunny? Who's this bunny? Who cares? How did that get in the church? Come on. Well, we just like to color the eggs and hunt them. Not on Passover. Not on Passover. The most significant day of history for the universe. Do you hear what I just said? The most powerful, most significant thing that ever happened in the earth was when Jesus Christ died on the cross and defeated all these spirits that are trying to mess us up. but we act like it's just a nice little thing. Yeah, we're, we're gonna go hunt Easter eggs instead. No! The fire is coming to the church first. Whew. The fire's coming on us first. I had to have the fire come on me before I could even say this to you. That's why the fire angel came. I needed the fire. I needed fire. There were things I needed deliverance for. I had gotten a little worn out in my warfare. <laughs> and God was very gracious to me. And he sent the fire. And he healed me. And he empowered me again. But it's not my strength. It's his. And other things that I needed the fire to touch. We all have things that we're going through, things in our family. But more than that, God is saying, I'm a holy God. I'm a holy God. I'm a holy God. You know, my kids used to say, Mom, you're such a weirdo. You're such a fanatical Christian. And I said, that's right. And God put you with me, and that's, the, that's all there is about it. That means you're supposed to be just like me. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, I'm going to give it to you. You better change because if you I mean, you better go with it because if you don't, you're going to fall on your face because that's why God chose before the foundation of the earth to give you to me because I'm going to give you all that I have. But they didn't understand because even though I went to church, I have always been more radical. I can't help it. I'm intense. God made me that way. I, 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 you know, There's nothing I can do about it. And I'm not sorry about it. That's right. And I'm not sorry about it. That's, he made me. He made it. He knit me in my mother's womb. How many of your kids know that? Or do they think you came from a monkey? Or there was a big boom, a big bang. I was knit in my mother's womb, so were you. But the fire, the fire, we're in the fire. I'll try this again. Okay, now john the baptist said i indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than i whose sandals i am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and fire now he was saying that even before pentecost happened before jesus died that's what john the baptist had been declaring and he said whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I don't want to be chaff. And you know, it's okay. The angel of fire is here because in the earth. And I believe there are other angels in other places because the fire's coming. It's coming. It's coming to the church. It's coming to the church. And God is trying to get us ready. That's why, because he wants to, to, to use you. He's not coming to judge you and be cruel to you. He wants to deliver you and heal you. you know, every time Israel followed the no gods, instead of staying with God, you know, God always wants us to follow him and that all that we do prosper. And so that those in the nations and in our nation who don't follow him will see, I need to be a Christian, man. I need to follow God. He's a God of his word. That doesn't mean you won't have trouble. It means he will deliver you from your trials. You know, some of you are in the fire now. A lot of Christians are going through the fire now. You're going through the fire because God is doing a work in you. He is. He's doing a work in you. Now, Gerald, come up here just to share what you saw yesterday. Because I always thank the Lord that when he tells me something, he confirms. Would you please stand up and tell them what you saw yesterday? Well, Catherine talked about the fire. Before, I have seen, uh, particularly maybe by the time I'd go to bed or something, I'd see uh, water. Yesterday, in my recliner yesterday afternoon, I thought, what am I seeing? I saw this fire. It wasn't a big fire, but it was fire. Wow. Fire's coming. Fire's coming. That's what I saw. Thank you. I just wanted you to hear that because I did not ever tell him that I was going to start talking about fire. I didn't tell after he said it then I told him I'm going to start I'm going to be talking about fire now. But God is faithful to confirm what he's saying. Well, you're like, "What does that mean? What does fire mean?" It means Holy Spirit. Today's Pentecost, it means the Holy Spirit is coming to do something different in you. And the Holy Spirit is coming to the church. You know, and that's not to criticize or be critical. You know, we're just people. We have a sinful nature, and God is trying to make us like Christ. And we're learning to walk in holiness and righteousness. You know, God is not a taskmaster. He doesn't beat the sheep. He doesn't. He's a gentle shepherd. But sometimes when you don't follow the nudging of the gentle shepherd, he needs to give you a little whooping. (laughs) But again, the little weapon is not to destroy you, but to restore you and deliver you. And let me tell you this. There's some things that the fire is the only way you're going to change. And we're going to look at that right now. And these are my closings. And so let me go back to this scripture. Yes. Now, we're looking at 1 Corinthians 3.13. It says, each man's and through 15... Well, we're going to read 13 and 15. Each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. And verse 15 says, If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, saved yet so as through fire. Now, I wanted you just to see that the fire is coming on us. The fire is meant to be on us. We got to snap out of this thing right now. Somehow the church is locked up into this weird thing where we're going to pray and we're going to get our way. I don't know how to say it any other way. That's just what I see happening. And people calling me, what do you think of this prophetic word? What do you think of that prophetic word? And I just say, you know, if there are prophetic words, let me say this, that are wrong, it's not for me to judge. The spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophets. It is. That's what the Bible says. But I'm not going to tell you about it. (laughs) That's a private matter. So we got to stop judging the prophets. You know, prophets get judged more than any other person. You know how hard it is to get up there and say, Oh my gosh, you want me to say what? (laughs) That's their call. They have to be God's spokesperson in a different way. Everybody is God's spokesperson, but prophets are judged more harshly. And that's, I guess, to be expected because they're saying, thus saith the Lord a lot of times. But prophets are going to make mistakes. They're just people. And God will deliver them and heal them and redeem them. It doesn't mean they fell down forever. It means that we need to pray for the prophets We need to pray for those that are hearing from the Lord that are supposed to declare it to us. That's what we need to be praying. But more than that, we need to be praying that we hear from the Lord. Even when I get a prophetic word from someone, I test the word. I ask the Lord, is that you? Is that your word? I test it. And I challenge you to do that over every word I've given to you. Everything I've prophesied. You know, God's not just backing. He's not backing the prophet per se. He is because it says in the word, how do you know if someone's a prophet? That what they prophesied comes to pass. Duh. (laughs) If it doesn't happen, something's not right. And it's not just to validate the prophet. It's validating that they are truly the Lord's voice. That's what it is, okay? But the fire now, the fire. God's going to be visiting you in fire, and even today. I want you to raise your hand if you have, need something healed. Somebody prophesied to me yesterday that I'm the doctor because <laughs> I had a white coat on yesterday that was longer with my suit. I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. <laughs> I'll be the doctor for you. You can use me by your spirit. So, Lord, we just pray for healing now. We just pray for supernatural fire healing. Supernatural fire healing, Lord. Supernatural by you, Lord. You see, that fire is here burning that Gerald saw. It's right here in the front. You have an altar of fire here from the Lord. And the Bible says God is an all consuming fire. Who can withstand? The all-consuming fire. Well, even the healing. The healing is because of the consuming fire. That's what it is. So happy Shavuot. Happy Shavuot. Happy Pentecost to you. But at the same time, woe to the Lord because fire is coming. And actually, the fire feels good. I was sharing about one of my grandkids, the one that lives with me. I had to give him a little spanking. I was telling the women this yesterday. And I've never had to spank him like that before, and he needed a good spanking. He did. And the Bible says you need to spank your children. So if you could tell on me, I don't care. Because some people say, you know, the government says you can't spank your children. Well, And I have my grandson because we adopted him. Long story. But the interesting thing, after an hour, he came out of the bedroom and said, I needed that spanking. He didn't know how to stop what was going on. And he knows he's going to get more if he does it again, but he had gotten really, really out of control, which he'd never done before. And the Lord, I heard the Lord tell me he needs a spanking. (laughs) And I think it shocked him because Jima had—I was always the buddy until his mom passed away. But now I have to be like mom, and I think he was shocked. (laughs) Jima spanked me. Because he's been in timeout many, many times. We put him in timeout. But he really needed a a rod on his little butt. But what he said was, I I needed that. And it shifted him. And he felt, he told me, I feel better now. We need that fire. We need that fire. Sometimes we're inside, we have turmoil and we... Maybe just our thoughts and how we're worried about something or whatever. We can't seem to get off that merry-go-round. And that fire comes and delivers you and heals you. And you're like, thank God, I didn't know how to get out of that mess. Come on. Be real. Be real. Now I want to read James 5 because I'm going to tell you what's coming in the earth some of what's coming i'm going to say more later your goal this is james 5 3 and actually let me go to james because i want to read more than that verse we're going to james 5 now god declared in the book of james he had james write this down for us and this isn't just to the wit it doesn't mean the rich there's people that are plundering nations okay And I'm not going to hide that anymore. It's time for you to know there's going to be a shaking. You're going to find out things. There's an unveiling happening in the nations of the earth. Because they're in the way of what God is doing. So he's going to bring them in the fire, show who they are, and push them out of the way, and he's coming. Okay? That's how it works. It says, come now, you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver have rusted and their rust will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord Sabaoth. And that's the word of the Lord right now. About what's happening in the earth and the United States especially. Woe. Yes. God's not going to leave us like this. You know what's amazing? is There's so many churches praying now. So many people crying out to God. The fire is visiting the churches. It is. This is awakening. You know, how many of you even know who your representatives are in your region where you live? How many of you know Who is in your government over your state? Why is that important? Because we didn't know. I'm one of those who didn't know. And I shared a story yesterday, and I'm not going to get into all of it. I had to give a presentation in D.C. about the caucuses in Iowa where I live, and I didn't know a thing about them. Yeah. (laughs) So I found out how corrupt they were and how they used them against us. My point is... We have to re-educate ourselves. Do you know that they used to give out the Constitution to everybody in in high school and they had to read it and memorize it and know it? Do you even know what the Constitution says? This document that was made by these men who followed the Lord and tried to set up a system that would keep us from coming into slavery. It is now being perverted. Because we don't know Just like in the Reformation, they didn't know that the Catholic Church had translated the Bible from only the Latin, not the Hebrew and the Greek, and they followed it. That's what Reformation is. They woke up and said, well, we've got to change. There was a battle over many years of who was going to write the Bibles and print them. People burned on the cross, all so that you could have that book sitting on your lap and on your phone. Of course, now there's companies who are trashing them. I bought five Bibles for my grandkids with their names on them, from the Tyndale Corporation, which I thought I did as much research as I could. But when I looked inside, instead of saying he with a capital letter, it has a small letter, and I'm mad. Yes. I'm angry. I just spent all that money on five Bibles that doesn't even capitalize he or his for God. Wake up. Wake up. Did you know that? Have you ever done any research about the Bibles that are translated, who did it, who's the publisher? No. I wished I hadn't looked it up. But my point is this. We have not been who God wanted us to be in the earth. It's time to change. And today, on the true Pentecost, I honor you, Lord, I honor what you did, because not only did you go and take your blood, Lord, to the throne of God, but you released and blew your spirit. You released your Holy Spirit to us. You released the power of your spirit to us. So that we could live a victorious life and that we could have a godly nation unto God. Now, is it time for the Antichrist, Lord? No, it's not. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not time. Amen. And many of the things we were taught about the end times is not accurate. Pre and post, this and that. No. Believe it or not, it came from publishers and people who wanted to trash the word. Mm. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Stand up. We're going to cry out to God to visit us with fire because his fire's here. It's here. He wants to do it more than you want it. Do you know that he longs to do that for you? Do you know how much he loves you? That he longs to reveal himself to you in fire because he he wants to use you and he he wants he jealously guards over your life you're his treasure you're the treasure to him you're the special ones you're the anointed ones that all the believers of the ages are watching from the cloud of witnesses right now saying wow they are the end time army of the lord wow, wow, I wished I was part of that. It's a privilege to serve the king of the universe. It's a privilege to be in his army. And that fire is coming to make me more like him and you. Make us all like him on Pentecost. And so, Lord, we thank you for Pentecost today. We thank you for the true day. Today is the 50 day. That's why you brought the fire here today. You didn't wait till next week till everybody else is celebrating it because of the calendar, Lord. You brought it on your day. You brought it on your day. And Lord, we honor you. And Father, we cry out together now Together we cry out before you, Lord. And we say, Lord, touch our hearts and bring your fire. Bring your fire. Change us, God. Change us, God. Awaken us, God. Awaken the body of Christ, Lord. Awaken us. Bring your fire and show me. Show me how I can be more victorious. Show me, Lord, what I need that fire to heal. Show me, Lord, the fear, and I need the fire to heal. Show me, Lord, my insecurities. Show me my sin, Lord, with the fire. Reveal my sins before you, Lord, and cleanse me. Cleanse me, Lord. Touch us, Lord, today. Just touch us. And we bless you, God. And we thank you for what Jesus did at Passover when he gave his life. When he let them put him on the cross. He let them do it. He let them do it. (laughs) He let them do it. They didn't kill him. He let them do it. He said, all these people are coming to my father. I gladly do it. And then after he was resurrected and became king of kings and lord of lords, he said, and now I'm going to make an army in the earth. And I'm going to release my Holy Spirit and fire over my church and my people. And that's what he says to you today. You are the awesome army of the Lord. And his fire is upon you And he's going to use you far beyond what you imagine or think. If you trust in him. If you just trust in him. Just trust in him. You know, raising up a family is one of the most powerful things. The most powerful things. God made families. So don't think raising a family and raising children isn't moving in the power of God. You're raising up warriors for the kingdom. You're making an army. You're making his disciples. Being an example to other people around you. You're raising up other army leaders and you don't even know it. Don't look. Lightly upon yourselves. Every part of the army is important. Hey, I used to scrub the toilets in my church with great joy. Yes, and I'll do it anytime still. Because that's, that's the king's house. This is the king's house. This is the king's house. This is the king's house. It's not just church. This is the king's house. Amen. The, king is here. the 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 king is here. In Jesus' name. With fire. With fire with fire. Amen? Now, we'll continue tonight. I'm not praying for anybody today, unless you need some healing, and I'm just going to pray for y'all. If you didn't get healed yet, (laughs) come up here and you can get prayer, And we'll just pray for you. If you want healing, just come up. Step into the fire. That's what I feel like you're supposed to do. Just step in the fire. Well let God. And I'm just going to pray for you corporately. I'm not going to lay hands on every person. And I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit. I had my doctor's coat yesterday and he said you need to start doing it. So, okay. <laughs> come on up. Come on. Come on up. Okay. I want to see what he's going to do? Woo, I just saw the flames grow and spread out to the right and to the left. To the right and to the left. Lord, we just pray for your healing fire now. Lord, you know all the needs of all these people, Father. You know all their needs. Every need they have, Lord. We pray now for supernatural healing, Lord. And to be touched by your Holy Spirit and fire. 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 Holy Spirit fire, Pentecost fire. We just decree that supernatural fire, Lord, that I can see it's here. It's here. And it's getting hot in here. (laughs) And I see that the flames are growing larger and larger. And I just see God touching you right now with fire. Right now with fire. Right now. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. He's touching you. He's touching you himself. Touching you. The Lord's healing. He's healing. Somebody has kidney. Kidney. I I keep seeing kidney. I don't know who it is. Whatever your kidney is. Somebody's got a kidney problem. God's healing it. He's healing it. And hearts. There's hearts that are being healed physically, not just spiritually. Hearts. 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 Joints, joints, joints are being healed. Joints, even your mind, there's a healing for the mind right now. There's a supernatural healing over your mind right now, your brain, your thoughts. Yes, Lord, healing, supernatural healing. you, Jesus. (laughs) Hips. Hips are being healed. Hips. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Backs, 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 backs. I just hear the Lord saying these words, so I'm just saying what I'm seeing and hearing. Backs, backs. Healing, 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 healing. Whoo, he just blew on the flames. <laughs> Woo! whoa, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Blood, I see him healing blood some kind of blood disease or sickness. Blood. Feet. 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 You just told me feet. <laughs> feet. Feet. That's a big one. Feet. He's touching. He's touching, Lord. We believe you. Lord, we need you. We need your healing on us, Lord. We need your healing on us. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ears. There's ears. Ears. And I need that. That's why I'm so loud. I can't hear. (laughs) I need ears, Lord. In Jesus' name ears. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I I see something I've never seen before like this. I see uh, antibodies growing in people's bodies, like to fight, like there's been a war in your body And and it's like your body is fighting against you, and uh, I forget what that's called. But I see the Lord in there, causing your antibodies and your own war in there, your own warring antibodies to rise back up and fight back. They're fighting back. They're fighting back. And whoever that is, I just see that. And I believe God's healing minds of people that that and you don't have to say, but. God is healing people that have problems in their thoughts with rejection and persecuting their own selves. And that's what causes a lot of that in our bodies. And God is healing your mind right now. You don't have to volunteer who you are, but God is healing you. Delivering your your heart and your thoughts and how you perceive yourself emotionally. God is healing you emotionally emotionally. Whew. And I see God is healing woundedness, woundedness, woundedness. Oh, get out of us. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yes. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Is it getting hot or is it just me? Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh. It's hot. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord said, be healed in Jesus name. That's right. Be healed in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm not going to stop just yet because I'm still moving the flames are still high so I want to let them burn <laughs> for just a few more moments. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Lord.